1: Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and today we're fortunate to have with us Nick Loper. Nick helps people earn money outside of their day job. He's an author, an online entrepreneur, and host of the award-winning Side Hustle Show podcast, which features new part-time business ideas each week. As Chief Side Hustler at SideHustleNation.com, he loves deconstructing the tactics and strategies behind building extra income streams. Now, this is something that really is very appropriate for doctors now who are in private practice because, you know, without a side hustle, as long as they are not just doing practice Uh, strictly for cash, which they may not be able to do, uh, they're suffering. I mean, the the, the, uh, secret that's really out is that there are a lot of private practices that are going bankrupt or who are compelled to sell their practice to, you know, large corporations and hospitals just to break even and then becoming employees as opposed to their dream of having their private practice. So first, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Nick.
0: Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I won't, won't begin to speculate on some of the, the causes for, for that. As I know there's a bunch of different factors, but uh, we can dive into the uh, extra revenue side of the, thing, uh, the equation because that's always uh, a lot of fun.
1: OK, well, the thing is that with declining reimbursement and soaring medical costs, clearly, you know, a side hustle really is something that will help the medical practice st- still say, viable from a financial standpoint. So, you know, one of the things that I thought about was where doctors had an additional paid for service information service, uh, where each month, another medical condition that the doctor actually treats would be, you know, detailed in terms of not only the diagnosis and treatment, but what a patient could look for in case you know, there are symptoms that they may have to catch early on. Do you think that this, you know, can work for a doctor's office?
0: Yeah, I think something like that could work. I mean, the challenge is so much of it is, you know, what they call it selling vitamins versus selling aspirin, right? It's like it's easier to sell the pain pills versus like, oh, the vitamin's gonna it's gonna prevent this stuff from happening in the first place. So where I see an opportunity there. Is maybe more on the preventative side. Because, like, if something hurts, if something is wrong, like, okay, I need that addressed right away. But it's like, if it is, maybe it's a paid online uh, webinar or workshop, even it could be in person, like, you know, come in to the place on Wednesday night, we're going to have hors d'oeuvres and we're going to have drinks and we're going to talk about how to optimize your sleep or something. Maybe, maybe that's a bad example. It's like maybe drinking before bedtime is a bad idea but like, okay, we're going to talk about like how your thyroid impacts your sleep habit. Like some, you know, it could be some random, uh, seemingly random topic, but would be beneficial to a wide audience that's still applicable to the practice. I think that might be an interesting way to go. And you have, like you said, you could have a monthly membership where you, maybe you bring in an outside expert and you share the revenue with them on some like life optimization type of thing, because you're, I mean, you're the physician, you're the medical professional, you're the trusted resource on that. So you already are, uh, you know, a step ahead of somebody else trying to do something like that and establish credibility from scratch.
1: I think that's a great idea bringing in, let's say a health coach who uh, each week will discuss maybe even certain recipes for diabetics or, you know, different lifestyle changes to keep their sugar levels under control. Right. Um, what is your feeling about having uh, aesthetics, like a, mas- a masseuse coming in, and uh, you know, increasing the office by offering um, massages or facials? I know a lot of dermatologists do that. What do you think about uh, an ortho, an orthopod, for instance, or you know, um, a family, do- a family physician?
0: Yeah, it probably makes sense if it is in alignment with the rest of the practice. Like if you're running the the urology clinic, maybe the masseuse doesn't uh, have as much of a fit there. I don't know if it's in alignment and it's something that you could sell as an upsell package. And you have you know, maybe you negotiated discounted rates. The, I mean, the question is always like, okay, is this person going to be salaried? Is it going to be kind of on demand contractor where it's like, um, I'm not going to have to pay for this person's overhead unless they're booked, unless there's revenue coming in and i can make my you know 20% markup or whatever on what i'm charging the client and if i have the excess space if i have a, a you know a, an exam room or something that's not in use like okay that's fine and you could turn that into the the spa treatment room or something uh, maybe that uh, could be an angle
1: okay of course there are also additional you know products that one could sell like you know vitamins and herbs but You know, the thing that needs to be brought out is that these are all ideas that are related to um, health, but a medical practice is first and foremost, a business. So when uh, business owners come to you and say, you know, could you help me develop a side hustle um, that could uh, work for me? You know, what are some things that you suggest?
0: Yeah, um, I'm. The product angle is an interesting one, as I, you know, would go to the podiatrist and they would have like, well, here's the recommended brand of shoes and insoles and special foot creams and stuff. And I was wondered like, okay, what percentage of the revenue pie does this really uh, encompass for you? I mean, it's like doesn't take any incremental effort to have the receptionist, you know, run somebody up for that. Um, as far as other side hustles, like, so you're thinking about like a high-earning powered individual. Um, who may be straddled with high student debt as well, but it's like, ah, does it really make sense for um, a medical professional to go out and deliver food for DoorDash like, and make 15 bucks an hour? Like it's kind of, it might be harder to, to justify that. So when I'm thinking about physicians, I'm thinking about um, either investing in existing cash flowing businesses, whether that's real estate, whether that's um, you know uh, existing small businesses, brick and borders like uh, laundromats or, landscaping companies or cleaning services like something that's already in operation has some proven cash flow or even doing this online although I would hesitate to do that unless it's like a big enough operation where there's already um, some level of editorial team in place because like if you've never run a website before it's a quick way to you know burn 150 grand um, and just like watch it you know, watch it decline. Um, so some caveats there. One interesting angle that we've seen other uh, people in the medical space take is um, on the online side is creating content for physicians around a different um, niche. Like instead of trying to be WebMD and try and beat them at that game or Healthline, which is like, I, you know, these are super established authoritative domains, like that makes me really nervous. But we've seen other people do like personal finance for physicians, and there's Physician on Fire. There's a White Coat Investor, some sites that have done really well in that space. We've seen like you know health and fitness for physicians, which could make sense. Like relationships for physicians. Um, we had um, a kind of a call in on the side hustle show. Was like I'm a I'm a semi-retired ER doctor. What kind of online operation? Could that, could, what might work for me could be as simple as freelance writing for other medical sites. Like you've already got the credibility that they want, the expertise that they want. Like, could you um, sign on as a, as a freelance writer for those? And one thing I thought would be interesting for that guy was like a video series for YouTube. Like, should I go to the ER for blank uh, ailments? <laughs> like, should I go to the ER when this happened? And I think there might be a, an opportunity for, especially like, you know, less, you know, severed limb type of uh, operations. So I was like, well, maybe it's not a super emergency, but I've got time to Google this. Um, and then the yeah, other I think thing, that's
1: a great idea. So the the uh, the revenue would come from the doctor who you were providing the videos uh, to.
0: In this case, I was thinking just YouTube ad money. But if you were to create a series for somebody else on a, on a freelancer contract basis, then yeah, maybe somebody pay up front.
1: What kind of money can a person uh, see uh, from a a YouTube ad?
0: typically between five and maybe $25 per thousand views once your channel is monetized, which needs to have a thousand subscribers and I think 4,000 hours of total watch time uh, to reach that threshold uh, subject to uh, Google's and YouTube's uh, terms and conditions and changes and all that. But if you have... A video or two that takes off, like you find that you can hit that um, pretty quickly, and it, you know if you're targeting these search intent types of keywords, I think there's a, an opportunity there. Or even um, like at-home treatments, like tutorials on stuff. As I was like um, looking up physical therapy exercises for my shoulder, like oh, how to do you know physical therapy for your shoulder, and there's like you know some PTs made some some pretty good video content uh, on that. Um, so lots of different angles on that front., um, And then the other angle that I'm kind of excited about lately, like if I and I've told people, like if I was to start a new operation today, it would probably be this, and that would be in the online newsletter space. Mm-hmm. And what I like here is the uh, curation strategy, where if you were already reading, the, the journals, or you're already kind of consuming this content uh, in whatever specialty or niche that you're in. It doesn't have to be even in the medical space. It could be on uh, parenting, it could be on gardening, it could be on you know you know auto, you know car stuff, whatever you're into. Um, you know if you are the trusted resource to curate, like here are the three best articles I found today or this week on on this topic. Um, that's a hugely valuable resource for me as a, as a subscriber of that, because you, you cut through all the clutter and like, Hey, you know, there's, these, these are the three you gotta check out because I subscribe to a bunch of these, uh, myself in the personal finance space. One is, um, all-star money and it's run by Motley Fool. Um, and it's, it's it, you know, comes out every day. It's like, Oh, these are cool little article, you know, people, different people's take on, you know, current events and what's happening in, in the world of money, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you also become part of somebody's daily or weekly routine, which I think is a really valuable place to be in somebody's inbox where um, you know they start to look forward to that. It becomes part of their uh, part of their habit. And then long term, you can monetize with your own products and services. you can monetize with sponsorship placement in the newsletter. you can monetize with affiliate products, if there's something that aligns with that niche. Um, so yeah, if i was if I was starting something new today, I don't know what that newsletter would necessarily be about like uh, science education for kids or something, but it would be, um, that would be at the top of the list.
1: Okay. So again, the, the revenue for the newsletter would actually be when you are creating newsletters for other doctors as opposed to, as opposed
0: to just doing it for yourself. Yeah. So revenue opportunity there. I mean, you, yeah, you could, um, Align with somebody who already has a little bit of an audience and maybe you say we'd like to add this as a service and I'm thinking uh, along the lines of like this is a free subscription, but maybe it's monetized with, you know, affiliate placements or sponsor placements, or, you know, you know, sign up for a one on one consultation with me or something, uh, if it is in alignment, Um, but yeah, there may be, I mean, there's always the freelance angle. Like, we'll go we'll go find somebody else who's doing something that is interesting to you and raise your hand and say, I can help with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, of course, have, having sponsors to uh, paid ads in, in the newsletters uh, like works very well, too. Um, do you find that there are... Um, companies or other businesses that are eager to uh, put money down to sponsor, even if the newsletter is not uh, proven yet?
0: I think it's always going to be a function of the size and engagement of the email list. And so they're going to want to know, well, how many subscribers do you have? What's a typical open rate? But really it's the wild, wild west. Because if you're, I mean, if you're selling a a ten thousand dollar product. Maybe it only make Maybe it only takes one sale. You know. So sometimes they play that game of you know what's the typical cost of customer acquisition, and it's going to vary in in every niche.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good idea. So um, you know, what other ideas have you suggested for clients that we could consider here?
0: So some other. Um, interesting ones that have popped up on the show recently. One is just kind of in the theme of what I'll call unconventional rentals. And so I think of, I, you know, I was, you know, groomed to think of rentals as like, you know, you buy a, a three-bedroom, two-bedroom house or a three-bedroom, two-bath house, and and you and you rent it out. And if you can get 1% of your monthly uh, rent, monthly purchase price in rent, like, okay, that's a winner. But it's like, that still isn't a great ROI, you know, cash, cash on cash is okay. And it's leveraged and all that stuff. But like, we've seen people do some interesting things around the, uh, what I'll call unconventional rentals. And that could be renting out a, like a camper van, you know, that's a retro, you know, retrofitted for, you know, van life or, you know, extended camping trips. Sometimes, you know, $150, 150 200 bucks 200 a night for these types of things, which I, because it could be considered a residence, you finance it over the course of 20 years. It's like, I didn't know this was a thing. So i um, assuming you can get them. Like during peak pandemic time, like they were sold out everywhere. Um, so maybe that wow. demand that's has a, come down. A,
1: yeah, that's a great idea, especially since the um, sales during the pandemic just went through the roof.
0: Yes. Uh, we had another guy, a teacher out of New York, he's teaching high school history and his side hustle was... Uh, renting out portable hot tubs, which I didn't know was a thing, but he's like, Hey, you know, we're out in Long Island. You know, people would rent these for their uh, vacation homes. People would say, We just want to stick this in the backyard for uh, a couple weekends. And, you know, his math was similar. It's like, Well, you buy this thing, you try and get it used for two or three grand, and you rent it out for Four hundred bucks a month. It's like, okay, that pencils out a lot better than you know traditional rental uh, real estate type of deal. So I think there's some uh, you know untapped potential, and he's he's trying to like blaze a trail and make this a thing uh, nationwide. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. he got me definitely looking on um, on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace for this uh, brand of used hot tub.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating. It's not something that I ever would have dreamt of.
0: Yeah, you probably have people in your neighborhood. You see them like uh, for quinceañeras. You see them for you know kids' birthday parties, doing like the bounce house rentals, um, which there's uh, you know obviously some liability involved, as there is in the um, well, as there is in private practice, as there is in uh, you know hot tub rentals. The guy was like, you know, electricity and water. You know, you know, make sure you got your insurance policies in place. The same thing with the the bounce house and some of that stuff too.
1: Yeah, so renting the Hot would still give you some uh, um, litigious cases, uh, possible due to drownings or um, what, ruining the landscape. I mean, like,
0: sure. I mean, you got to have your your contracts in place and your liability, property liability insurance, stuff like that. But um, over the long run, it's. uh, I thought it was an interesting one for sure. Yes, it
1: certainly sounds very interesting. Um, and any other interesting, like way out ideas that you heard thinking like, wow, this is something interesting, it makes money. And I I never would have thought of that.
0: Now what else? So one of the ones that's really uh, inspiring to me, this is Matt Boknock. He's a mechanical engineer in Chicago. And his side hustle was uh, fixing motorcycles, like, hey, don't pay dealership rates, bring it to me, I know what I'm doing, I'll fix it in my garage. And, you know, add on Craigslist, straight up hours for dollars, service business type of side hustle. And that's the, the challenge that a lot of physicians find themselves in too. It's like, I can make great money on an hourly basis, but it's still my time, right? Like if I stop working, it's, you know, that income dries up. But so, what Matt did that was, I thought was genius set up a little camera in the corner of the garage, films himself doing the repairs. So now he's got um, kind of tutorial content for YouTube. He starts earning ad money, affiliate uh, recommendations like, hey, here's the tools that I'm using, go buy it through my link. He starts selling full engine rebuild videos as like digital downloads, like, Hey, you know, you can, you can do this yourself, you know, buy my video for 30 bucks instead of paying the dealer a thousand or something. And uh, you know, he's attracted the attention Mm. of, you know, different sponsors. So he's getting sponsored videos um, all through kind of this speculative work. He wasn't getting paid for upfront um, of creating these, creating this video content um, for work. He was getting paid to do. It's like almost getting paid in a way. I thought that was a cool way to set up, you know, to transition from hours for dollars service business to a much more time leveraged uh, income stream.
1: Yeah, that, that really sounds great. I think that the uh, moral of the story is that um, we will need to think outside the box and ask ourselves, like, what is it that we do uh, and how can we expand upon that in ways that you know, people would be interested in and we, you know, we're engaging people anyway. Let's see if there is a market for it.
0: Yes. And you got the advantage of talking to patients all day long and saying, well, what kind of uh, line of work are you in? What else do they complain to you about? Right, they, I've got a, an exercise I call what sucks. And it's just, you know, get got kind of put on your pessimist hat for uh, for a day or a week. And just to keep, I just do this in the notes app on my phone. Like, what sucks? Like, what do people complain to you about? What do you um, complain to your wife about, your spouse about? Like, what do you like, just, you know, what irks you? And on the other side of those, pains and problems, there may be a business opportunity or or a profit potential solution uh, to offer up.
1: Great idea. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today, Nick. Uh, This has been Nick Loper on our show for the Side Hustle uh, uh, Nation and um, another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time.